The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome everybody to the Ask Dr. Dream show where we uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden, and I'm so happy to be here on Unity Online Radio. And today we have a very special guest. It is Matthew Mitchell, and he's a dear friend of mine. Um, This topic is very near and dear to my heart. This show will be very different than most episodes, so prepare yourself. I think we really do need a little centering prayer before we launch in, because the name of this show today is called Beyond Me Too. So we're going to be talking kind of, we're going to bring in some of the spiritual aspects of what to keep in mind regarding the Me Too movement. So there will be a spiritual twist to it. It's not just going to be mainstream Me Too kind of stuff. The intent is that this be incredibly transformational. So just join with me for a quick moment and let's turn within taking a big deep breath releasing and letting go of anything that would dim your light or cloud your ability to truly be present. Allow every breath to be a releasing and a letting go of preconceived notions or judgments. And let's allow this next deep breath to open our minds, open our hearts, and soften our bellies and soften our bodies so that we can receive with these next breaths that sunlight of the spirit that is always shining on us, within us, through us, no matter what we happen to be in the middle of. So let's just allow ourselves to fill up on this divine nutrient. Let's just fill up on this light because the world needs us to be this light right now more than perhaps ever. And maybe they've said this always, but I think now is a time that we really, really need to bring in our light and not blame and not shame anyone or ourselves, but to hold and be the container for our light more and bigger and stronger than ever before. So that's what we allow this this show to to do for us today. And let's just send out a wave of gratitude to all of the folks at Unity Online Radio for providing this ability for us to have this conversation today and bring this content to you today. And in advance, I give thanks for my guest, Matthew Mitchell, for being a dear brother and friend and provocateur in the best way. I even want to give thanks for the challenges. I want to give thanks for the Me Too movement, as difficult as it is, as challenging as it's been, and as heavy as it can seem. I just know that the gifts and the blessings outweigh the difficulties, but Today, we're going to shine some light on that which is uncomfortable to talk about, but we will 
bring in as much light as we need so that we can get through this in the best and most joyous way possible. For the highest good of all, I say thy will be done. And so it is. Amen. Ah, woman. Ah, dreams. Because yes, it is all a dream. Okay. So on that note, let me just tell you a little bit about the man who's giggling behind the scenes. That is my dear, dear, dear friend and brother, Matthew Mitchell. He has over 30 years experience in sales, business development, and relationship management. He's an international speaker and consultant, specialing in high performance and human potential. He gives people the tools and guidance necessary to eliminate the limiting beliefs and behaviors that hold them back so they can achieve excellence in their personal and professional lives. So Matthew is highly decorated with his degrees and all of that, but I'm not going to spend all of the show talking about how well decorated he is. He just is. Trust me, he's got lots of degrees and he's spoken for so many companies in his diverse career that spanned so many numbers of industries in finance, in um, in electronics, and at Lucas Films, in the entertainment business, and the technology sector. Just kind of, he's kind of gotten around. Anyway, there's so much we could say about him, but what I really have to say is this man is so special to me and to my heart and soul. Every time I connect with him. And commune with him, I always feel richer and lighter and brighter for it, even if we talk about things that are uncomfortable. And I always kind of expect that Matthew is going to push some buttons. He's going to push some envelope. He's going to push some buttons on some envelope, even if that doesn't exist. He he pushes things. And in, in the spirit of what great provocateurs do, they make you a little uncomfortable so that you can step outside of where you've been and you don't even realize that you've been in a box. But after having been around Matthew, you, you're you not in a box anymore and you are liberated and more empowered as a result of the time spent with him. So today we're going to talk about Beyond Me Too and I'm going to let Matthew introduce what we're talking about because no one can express it better than him. So dear brother, friend, Matthew Mitchell, thank you so much for joining us on Ask Dr. Dream on Unity Online Radio today. Thank you. Well, Kelly, you're so welcome. I'm so privileged to be here. And uh, so you asked me to explain a bit why or, you know, what I'm doing and why this topic. And yes, so I'm going to make some assumptions about the people that listen to your radio show, your podcast. Great. And I'm going to assume they're probably interested in, in, in higher truth. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is this, you know, the challenge of people who have committed to a life of higher truth is that we know that everything in life happens for a reason. It's all here to learn. You know, souls take bodies, they incarnate so they can get the lessons they need to, to grow and be deepened and rounded so they can earn, you know, the right to ascend and continue their journey. So, yes, that's true. And yet we see what's happening in the world, you know, with climate change and with our leaders and this dynamics like, you know, sexual harassment and Me Too. And it's, it's confusing and it's frustrating. And so, that, of course, we're challenged to address it in a loving, compassionate way. And so I saw certain things, especially things like Me Too. And mm-hmm. I see and I acknowledge as a man how important it is. And yet I also see some imbalance. And uh, mm-hmm. I did a... A, uh, a video presentation mm-hmm. that is on, on, on YouTube, and it's called Provocative Conversations. And the, the episodes cover a number of really delicate topics, but the first one 
is this whole beyond me too thing because I think it's very important that we have more balance and more candor in discussing it or we're never going to heal it. So I will discuss things that very few people, especially men, are even willing to discuss. And my commitment to you and your listeners is to do it with a lot of respect and a lot of love. But, you know, certain things probably need to be said. Mm, Absolutely. And um, so I wanted to say that I had the chance to be interviewed by Matthew. And this series is, how many segments is this series? There's like 12 or 20. Well, in the first episode, (laughs) Beyond Me Too, there are 12 segments. Right. And so the future episodes, future episodes will have as many as, as is appropriate, you know. Right. Okay. So we've got about twelve segments, and it's about an hour and a half of content. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. yeah. And and so Matthew interviewed me, but I also we we engaged in a really deep conversation about me too because I had my experiences um, with being on the receiving end of what this whole movement is about, and. Normally in the world, I'm known as Dr. Dream, and I talk about all things dreamy and uplifting and spiritual and positive. And and there, and over the last couple of years, I've been writing a memoir that is about some of the things that brought me to my knees and to start my spiritual path. Some of the things that were really difficult for me in my life as a young woman in my early 20s in Hollywood and the Me Too movement wasn't around back then. So it was like a free for all. It was, I mean, I must have gotten propositioned, I want to say about a hundred times. Um, and we talk about a few of those times, or at least one big one on during this interview, but it was almost like it was a normal, normal thing. But I, so it's, it's, it was daring for me to get to to get to, I say, because it was like therapy to get to have this conversation with you, Matthew. I thought I was so healed. And then in the series, I break down and it touches on some deep, deep pain that I didn't have healed. And But yet in the conversation and shining the light on it with you, I feel like I'm much more along my way towards the mountaintop of being healed, more way more than I was before. And I hope that people watching the video series will will get that as well. So I know so what's on your heart now? So we've we can send people to watch the videos and hopefully they'll watch the entire series, um, our series, and then there's the series beyond beyond just beyond beyond. But what say about the 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 next episode is on the black white dynamic in this country and that's being edited right now we'll be posting it soon but as far as the segment that you and i did kelly one beyond me too uh the segments are between five and ten minutes each and it is about an hour and a half to maybe an hour and 40 minutes but the the reason why it's so long and we broke it up into segments so people could watch a couple a day and do it over a period of time Uh, but it's it's a serious topic and and it required a serious deep discussion now, you're not going to break a lot of ground in six minutes, which is what the attention span of most people in our country right. today. It's a serious topic, and we gave it some serious consideration, and we really went deep. I mean, and it got heated, and it got uncomfortable, and yet I believe that if people commit to all 12 segments, they're going to see uh, some real resolution and healing. And plus, there were some solutions that were talked about that I don't think I've ever heard before. And even if you don't agree with it, at least you were endeavoring to bring solution to a really tough situation. But I'm prepared to go further today in this podcast or in this, this radio show, you know, and, and maybe because I, I, things have happened since we filmed it. Like, yeah. Well, I think let's, let's just, there's a couple things I want to touch on about the series and then, and then let's go beyond 
And I love okay. that you call it Beyond Me Too, by the way. It's not just let's rehash the Me Too movement and villainize anybody, but let's f- figure out how to go beyond it, how to transcend it and transform it. But um, in the series, you give, you do something that's so brilliant just from a communication standpoint. Like you really, on behalf of all men, apologize to me and all the women that have ever been on the receiving end of mistreatment that would fall under the Me Too category. So that first, your your empathy and your compassion and your, and even that apology just it really meant something to me. It really cracked me open. And, well, that, and it, was, it was powerful, it. Kelly. It was, it was important to me as well. And let me, let me just speak to that a little bit because I want to yeah, make sure that the, the people listening know where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a reality to the male-female dynamic, and it's been going on for millennia, countless millennia. I mean, I don't even know when man stood upright. Was it millions of years ago? Was it hundreds of thousands of years ago? Anyway, since since they've stood upright, because men have had traditionally stronger bodies, uh, roles were were established. And women have struggled for countless, countless millennia as a result of this. They have been marginalized. They have been put into second-class positions. They have been denied rights and opportunities. And now that we in the West, and we consider the West, you know, uh, the enlightened kind of progressive part of this planet, even here in the West, women are still dealing with certain long-held beliefs. And, and, and women hold them too. It isn't just men holding them down. Certain women have become comfortable with their roles. And so there's a lot of breaking through right now, and that's why it is so yeah. awkward for so many. But before we can talk about solutions or some of the imbalances of Me Too, I think it's important that men realize that we've had a pretty good deal all these many years, and it's time to do some shifting. And it's time to acknowledge what we have done, and that's what was so powerful with, with you and me, Kelly, is this, is that as a, as a heterosexual man, I won't speak for the gay community, but mm-hmm. if you have dated at all, if you have been involved with women at all, chances are you have crossed boundaries and you have imposed yourself and you have hurt uh, women. And so it's important to acknowledge that if we're going to truly heal as, mm-hmm. as, you know, between the sexes, to acknowledge and take responsibility for what we've done and then vow to do something different in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has had a profound effect on my marriage. You know, I was, I mean, I'm a great guy, but I'm controlling, I can be critical and impatient, and I have been so much more aware now of how I speak to my wife, and of course, if she ever brings up an issue, I'm very quick to apologize and own it, so it's been a blessing for me as well, but yeah, men need to be uh, authentic and, and just own it. That's, thank you, thank you so much, and I just want to presence this, because normally on this show, we talk about dreams, and dream, we do a lot of dream reflecting, and interpreting, and all of that, and as you were saying right before we went on air, you know, you're, 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 you're from the Ekinkar background, and yeah. your belief, do you want to speak to that, about the, the dream aspect of life? Sure, and- sure. My teaching, which Kelly mentioned, is called Ekankar, and it's, just, it's, it's basically the path of the light and sound of God. And, and the fundamental underlying belief is that the divine manifests itself in this world in the form of light and sound. So the journey is all about seeing the inner light and hearing the inner sound. And we say God is within, the master is within, the Bible's within, the temple's within. It's all within ourselves. And so it's all about accessing that and developing the ability to access your highest power, your greatest wisdom. So that being said, since we really believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, everything in our life is, I mean, there are waking dreams and sleeping dreams. And waking dreams are every bit, you know, as important. And it's important that we realize that we have the power to interpret our lives through our attitude and our beliefs. 
So if we see ourselves as a victim, then we're going to be victimized. If we see ourselves as empowered, then we're going to see everything in life as an opportunity to transcend and grow. And it's so important to realize that you know, the, the divine parts of ourselves are really inviting us every moment to realize itself more powerfully and more fully. And so, yes, I believe that life is a dream and that we have a huge say in how it unfolds due to our beliefs and our perceptions. Mm, thank you so much. And, you know, if, if for people who are going to listen to this live or this Wednesday, we're, um, and whether you are or not, whether you listen to it in the archive or not, this is, um, we're, I'm dedicating this month to really exploring shadows. It's the season of the witch. It's, it's October. We're coming up on Halloween. And this is a perfect topic. Because this is about this isn't just about the Me Too movement. This is this is about power, and our dreams and our nightmares are always about how are we doing managing our power? Are we abusing it? Are we running from it? Is it chasing us? Are we scared to death of it? Are we trying to hide from it? What are we doing with that power? Because most of us, I mean, just like that Marianne Williamson quote that everybody knows and loves, it's not about um, our, the the question isn't oh god I'm butchering it and I'm forgetting it what it is our deepest fear, fear is not, not that we're inadequate it's that our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure we ask ourselves who am I to be talented fabulous powerful well who are you not to be you are a child of God and there's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel uncomfortable about around you and it goes on and on and on but the issue is that that even if we've identified as victims in this life, then we've suppressed the part of ourselves that is powerful because like you just said, Matthew, men or the ones who have had power in the physical sense, there's been, you've had a sweet run, you've had a sweet ride. Let's acknowledge that. But the victims, as much as it's gnarly and awful to be a victim of anything, there's also brownie points that you get when you're a victim. People feel sorry for you. They're kind to you. They're gentle with you. They tiptoe around you. There are certain perks as well to being the victim. So we have to acknowledge that. And that's not just a female male phenomenon. It's a, it's a human phenomenon. We tend to either be the aggressor and there's a lot of women that are those roles. And I have been in that role or we tend to be the victim and that we tend to vacillate back and forth. And really the beyond me too movement to me, the macro look at it is to go beyond the power struggle and to connect with our divine power so that we don't have to try to take from anybody or we don't have to play small in order to get the brownie points. We can, we can stand in our true authentic selves. Anyway, I just wanted to have that as a bit of a backdrop because you set up the interview with me so beautifully with my, with your, you know, kind of apology. I want to now just step into, cause I don't know that I got a chance to really say, but, but to all the women that have given mixed messages and to the women that have demonized you before you did anything or misunderstood your good intention or that did call you out on having stepped over the line in a way that was emasculating and that didn't take into consideration your innocence or your good intention, I apologize to you, Matthew, on behalf of the men in the world that you stand in for and on behalf of all the women that I'm speaking for. Sure. That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So we, there's that. So there's some things that have, you know, there's a lot of specific things that we talk about, like in our unique stories. And I don't know that we need to get into all of that. We'll just, you know, dangle that, those cliffhangers that they're some juicy stories that you want to listen to. But what are some of the things that are popping and percolating for you today after having done this interview or that some of your takeaways that you're, that you're still left with? Oh, that's beautiful. Um, there are a lot, that, a lot of things have come up since we, we, we actually taped that. And, and the people who have committed to watch all 12 segments have been moved by it. There's, it's powerful stuff. I think Kelly did a beautiful job. But since that happened, let me just talk about a couple real world things. And, uh, and I'll simply give the caveat that, yes, I know I'm a divine being, but I did come in this lifetime as a man. And so I have sensitivity and maybe a little bit of attachment to the male point of view. Yeah. Uh, as, as you might have to the women, as my black friends yeah. might have to the black community. So that's normal. And so what I was really trying to do in the, uh, in the series, the Provocative Conversations first episode, was to first advocate for women to men, you know, half of women to men, and, and talk about real truth. And then I switched and I, I advocated mm-hmm. uh, yes. to, for, uh, for men to women. And since that happened, there's a couple real-life examples. If you don't mind, I'd like to just bring them up. And there Please. was a thing... Um, uh, I mentioned it quickly in the show, but Tom Brokaw, who was a very famous newscaster and one of my favorites, I thought he was hugely credible and a delightful man, and he was entwined in some accusations by a former colleague, a woman named Linda Vester, and she was also a correspondent there, and I believe it was at NBC, and basically she said that you know he 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 gave some unwanted advances and even stole a kiss or two, you know, and that's why she came forward, and she even had a quote, and the reason she did it which said that otherwise good men, men who treat women well or are even their champions, can also commit acts of sexual harassment. Now, Mm -hmm. that is no doubt true, but the reason it bothered me so much is this, is that unless you're working with the ascended masters, if you're working with anybody in the body, they're going to have flaws, they're going to have shadow. How perfect, you know, the time of shadows. Everyone has a shadow. Men certainly do, and heterosexual men I mean, even homosexual men, men tend to have a stronger drive than women. So mm-hmm. even the finest men, most happily married, you know, will happily you know, have kids and great neighbors and great sons. And they have these moments. And if you work closely with women and you have a good working relationship, the chances of a heart opening are very strong and building an attraction. And so a man can slip. And the reason I guess I'm so frustrated by Ms. Vester is that she decided to give him that feedback on a national scale, which which, you know, a, ma- a really fine man, a really brilliant mm-hmm. newscaster, and yet he had to deal with the public, you know, shaming that he got at her hands, where I guess what I'm saying, and we talk about this a, a bit in, the, uh, in the, uh, the series we just did, the Provocative Conversation series, is that women tell us that they want equality. Mm-hmm. And as a progressive man, I want to treat women as equals. That being said... There are certain situations, and we talk about this again in provocative conversations, that we expect you to handle. We expect you to handle. And if a man asks you out or he's asking you back to his hotel room, you say, you know, Dave, I'm not interested in doing that. And I'd really appreciate it if you would stop asking me because it's really never going to happen. That's the way you handle it with grace and dignity. He gets the message. Now, if he doesn't, if he persists, and you can t- then maybe you have a, a problem on your hand. I don't think that Tom Brokaw is a predator. And then, of course, if he steals a kiss. Now, I will tell you, years ago when I first started out in business, I was working for a company in San Francisco, and there was a lot of gay men working at the company, and most were good friends of mine. And one day, one of my gay friends kissed me 
in front of one of my clients. Mm. And I was livid. Mm. Of course, I said nothing because my client was there. I excused my client after we were done. I sought him out. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into the whole story, but I let him know in no uncertain detail. That was mm-hmm. never to happen again. Mm. And it never happened again. And I didn't report him to HR. I didn't screw up, up his career. I just set him real straight. Now, the fact is, he was not my boss. He was not the VP. He didn't have an impact right. on my career. So right. I want to be sensitive. I want to be sensitive to that. That being right. said, if you're going to look at equality, we want, you to, we want women to guide us when we slip. And say, ah, Matthew, you're slipping. And you know, I'm going to correct you here. That's not going to happen. But then I don't want to be held up to public scrutiny and shame on a national level because I had a weak moment. You know, men right. are not going to lose their attraction to women. They're not going to lose that. It's never going away. So it's a little frustrating mm-hmm. for me to see that kind of thing, you know? You know, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. And I think there's different gradients. Like I think of what happened with Al Franken and oh. the inappropriate pictures that he took on that camp and blah, 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 blah. And I think because I happened to just love him so much, I felt really upset at the woman who came forward. I thought that was inappropriate. She could have handled that better. But I know with with somebody like Tom Brokaw, I don't have as deep of a connection. So I am more inclined to be like, what a jerk. I can't believe he did that. But when I, you know, so I have to, like you having this deep connection to Tom Brokaw, there's, you see him differently. So you, there's more space for him. And to me, I think that there's, I think there's so many layers going on because I think that women I think we almost have to assume that there that women in general, and I don't know, again, people might hate me for saying this, but I'm going to say it because I, I'm a woman. I think many of us are the walking wounded. We're like Vietnam vets that came back from war and maybe we're functioning. Maybe we look fine, but you set off a firecracker and we snap. You do, you do one little inappropriate touch and we're completely back in war zone. And we don't even know it. So I think it would be smart if men could know that they were dealing with a loaded topic. Anyway, we're going to come back from the break. We have so much more to talk about. We have just um, a quick, quick, quick break. So don't go anywhere. We're here with Matthew Mitchell. We're talking about his series, Provocative Conversations. It's on YouTube. And if you look up Matthew Mitchell, Provocative Conversations, there you will find it. You can also find it on my YouTube channel if you if you do a YouTube search for Kelly Sullivan Walden. We will be right back here on Unity Online Radio. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream here on Unity Online Radio. I am Dr. Dream, a.k.a. otherwise known as Kelly Sullivan Walden, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. This is a very, very special conversation. I noticed that I'm, I'm, I'm 
like I'm wired up in this. I'm not in my normal kind of floaty space that I normally get into when I do this show. I'm talking with my dear friend, and I consider him a soul brother, Matthew Mitchell. He is an amazing um, business consultant and speaker, relationship management, international speaker. And he and Matthew, what's your website? Let's just let people know where they can find you and then go to YouTube to look up the provocative conversation. Well, what's Facebook your best is, website? Matthew Mitchell. The Facebook page is Matthew Mitchell Transformational Speaker. My actual website is MatthewMitchell.com. And of course, on YouTube, it's just punch in provocative conversations and you'll see my face and my name, click on it, and then click on the playlist to watch the, uh, the segments. The provocative conversation. So we're talking about the one called Beyond Me Too. He, Matthew's got others that are coming down the pike. Um, and what I love about you, Matthew, is that you you go where angels fear to tread. You, <laughs> you, you, always, you preface things with, this is going to be delicate. And it's like, okay, okay, take a breath. And, and yet I know it always, to me, I love these conversations with you because yes, sometimes they rattle my cage, but they always get me thinking and then they always get me expanding. So I just, again, I so deeply appreciate you. So before the break, we were talking about the recent um, allegations about Tom Brokaw. And, and I was talking about how I, I was think I was hoping that in an ideal world, we women would get the healing that we need from having lived in a society as long as we have that has been me too-ish everywhere, not just in Hollywood, not just in big business, but everywhere. And we've got wounds. We, we have wounds. I think we need to acknowledge that and, and heal those babies and not, and then not pretend that we don't just because they, those wounds might not be active right now. And I would hope that that the men that don't have those similar issues would would have some compassion for us when we do overreact because we are like think of us like Vietnam vets that have been through a war and we're covering mm. it up pretty nicely but but we we're not done not anywhere close and ideally women would seek to be healed so that we could if somebody did touch us inappropriately or say something inappropriately we wouldn't have to go to the nearest news outlet we could pull that man aside and say I'd like to have a conversation with you that was uncomfortable. I know you didn't mean to. You're a good man. And um, I just want to share with you so that you don't so you don't get in trouble because that, that would that would suck for you. So as a sister, let me let me give you some feedback. I think that would be an ideal way that we would handle it. If if the let's say if it's not on a level ten on a scale of one to ten harassment, right? Exactly right. And Kelly, it was such a beautiful analogy of like, you know, post-traumatic stress. Women have had to endure things. And I, I say this in the, in the, uh, in the uh, provocative conversations episode. Yeah. Men have no idea. Men have no idea about the level yeah. that women have had to deal with, the level of abuse, the level of, you know, inappropriate behavior. But that being said, I, I want to speak to something you just mentioned. And just mm -hmm. to be clear, I want to just close on Al Franken. There was yeah. an investigative reporter that actually did an investigation into that. And the, young, the woman's name was Leanne Tweeden. And uh, mm -hmm. after she investigated, and she happened to be best friends with Sean Hannity, who's a very renowned conservative talk show host, and she's very conservative. And basically they found there was nothing to her accusations. The, 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 mm -hmm. the, the, the confusion was that she is not an actress. She was a model. In fact, she was a Playboy model. 
And he was doing exactly what he'd been doing for years with other actresses, but because she wasn't an actress, she felt he was being inappropriate when the other actress didn't think twice about it. So it was, he was really, the, the investigation showed that he had some immaturity, had some boundary issues, but nothing that was, you know, nothing that was uh, pathological. Right. Exactly. It was nothing like that. And, every, and he was caught up in the zeitgeist. And it actually, it was the Democrats in the House and the Senate that forced him out because yeah. they wanted to gain a moral upper hand. So I really pray that Al Franken makes a, a return because he's a man of high moral yeah. fiber. And, and I really hope he comes back. But that being said, let's go back to what you were just talking about. And there's a, an example of a television show called Bull. I don't know if you ever saw it. It stars yep. Michael Weatherly. It's one of CBS's top shows. And there was a, a big scandal involving one of their guest stars. And her name was Alicia Dushku. And I've known her forever. She was in a film as a child that I liked. And um, basically, you know, Michael Weatherly, who is everybody that knows the show, says he's a prince of a guy, happily married, not a harasser, not an inappropriate guy. But he made some jokes that were off color and I mean, some rape jokes. He made oh. some threesome oh. jokes, <laughs> not to her, but to people that she overheard. And, mm. and, he, and he once made a comment about when she was being there having an argument about taking her taking. Uh, her over his knee. So those are the three Ooh. comments. And to her credit, she went to him mm. and she told him that she was uncomfortable, which is one of the things we coach yes. in the episode yes. that we talk about. We give women <laughs> actual coaching on how they can handle uncomfortable situations. Yes. And he apologized. He was great about it, owned it, stopped the behavior. Now, where it is unclear is that then she was shortly thereafter written off the show. You know, and, and that's not uh, right. That's not fair when, when she not, I don't know if she expressed herself in an abusive way or she was appropriate about it, but after she went, confronted him and told him that she was uncomfortable, he apologized and she was written off. So ooh. she was wronged. Where it got a little crazy is that she was awarded $9.5 million. And it's just like when men hear this and they go, wow, $9.5 million for a couple of inappropriate comments, it seems out of balance. Now, yeah. If there was a writer or a producer that decided to, to get her off the show or if Michael, you know, he claims he did not. But if he's the one that wanted her off the show, then, then that was the problem. The point is she did her bit by confronting him in a hopeful and appropriate manner. What was outrageous was the amount. And so there's, you know, it's, that's part of the men now say, well, gosh, I can't say anything around a woman I'm working with because I might get, you know, force a multi-million dollar settlement out of it. And, and it confuses men. And so I'm, we're asking people to come back into a more of a balanced state, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes the pendulum has to swing pretty, pretty far in order to, to bring it back into balance. Cause it's been so out of kilter and, you know, who knows, who knows? I mean, I think that some of these people are getting, she's getting the money on behalf of all the women who didn't get it, the, who, who lost their suit, the Jill Bolte Taylors of the world who, who did go public and then got shamed for going public. So who oh, knows? I mean, I, mean, I one think more thing, which is, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Again, I want to be very respectful here, but yes. we have a, a, a gentleman in office now that's serving as our president who was recorded on tape saying that when you're famous, you can grab women's breasts, you can put your hand between their legs. He used a more direct word. And then 14 women came forward and said, he kissed me without my permission. He groped me without my permission. And one or two of them actually claimed that he raped them. And of course he denied it completely and he got elected and stays in office. So, that's an abuse as well. If women hear that and say, wow, when yeah. we are mistreated, no one cares. So I get there's both sides of that ledger, you know. Right, right. And I think one of the things that we that we talked about that I feel good about, um, even though 
you know, again, I feel like it's provocative because it's, it might not be that popular, but ultimately for myself, I feel like for women, there's, there's much that we can do on our side of things. And I say this now as someone who just turned 51, I'm no longer a 21 or 22 year old babe in the woods that is like (laughs) completely like clueless. So I don't know if my, if I could, that it's possible for 21 or 22 year old women to know this stuff. But, but I know that there's a lot that I, I could have done that would have put myself not as much in harm way. And this isn't a conversation about rape. I feel like, you know, we, we said that this isn't about that. Um, this isn't, we don't go all that. I mean, although there's a fine line, but my nutshell point of view is rapists rape. It's not short skirts that rape. It's not dark alleys that cause rape. It's, it's rapists that rape. So women are not responsible for people that come come out and completely lose lose control and and all of that. So there's none of that. But I want to say to women, there is a lot that we can do to prevent ourselves from being in the situation where we are treated disrespectfully. And and in order to evolve spiritually, I think the name of the game is to take as much responsibility as we can. I even dare say a hundred percent responsibility for our part in the equation. And there's much that we can do that can, that can bring things back into balance. Um, and that's not to excuse people like Bill Cosby and, you know, and the others that are, that have completely abused their power. Um, Kelly, can I add to that? Cause you said something. Please, so powerful. I want to add to please, it. please. First of all, I really applaud you cause it's true. You know, we have to, if, if we claim to be people on a spiritual path of higher truth, we must take responsibility for our, for our worlds and how our life is unfolding. And um, this is so, de- there's two topics I want to discuss that are very, very delicate. So let me please just catch yep. this in the, in, the, in the most respectful of terms. There was a very famous case that happened in uh, Stanford, and it was the 60 Minutes did a whole episode on it. And basically this woman, she wasn't a student there. She just graduated. She was 23 or 4. But she came back home where she was, you know, she lived in Palo Alto and, and went to a fraternity party with her younger sister because she wanted to show her younger sister a good time. And she got so drunk that she blacked out. And then in her unconscious state, this other drunk young student took advantage of her. He did not, he, he put his fingers inside her. And then he was seen by passing, uh, two passing students and he was pulled off and the police were called and, and long story short, he was the young man was expelled from school. He lost his scholarship. He spent six months in jail. So he got what I thought had, you know, what he had coming to him. And it was a really unfortunate situation. There's more to it than I'm going into here. But the mm-hmm. thing that I was really confused about was why she drank to blackout. And that had she not drank so much, that would never have happened. And I'm not making her responsible. He is the, he is the person that was inappropriate. He took advantage of someone who was helpless. That being said, if she were my daughter, I'd be saying to her, don't ever drink to blackout. You know, don't put yourself in a situation where you could be harmed because you're way too valuable for that. You need to be responsible mm-hmm. enough to make wise decisions. Right, right, right. I mean, I think where this is valuable, if people aren't freaking out and getting really pissed off right now, if they can breathe and listen, to me, the value in looking at what we can do to have life go well for us means that we don't have to live like we're victims. I mean, when I think about the things that I used to do 
and I think the biggest thing that I did besides I did do a lot of drinking. My God, when I went to, I lived in Spain, my first semester in Spain. And not only did I drink, but I walked in at night in the middle of wherever in dark alleys, dark, whatever. And I wondered why things happen. And thank God my mom made sure that I learned karate, which I applaud her for because I survived several attempted assaults because of my karate. But I also put myself in some crazy places that young women, old women, any women, even me right now in my 50s, I shouldn't walk across the bridge in the middle of the night in high heels all alone, you know, in a strange city. Um, but that's besides the point. But the other thing besides besides that, um, the places that we put ourselves and the amount that we drink and that kind of stuff, to me, the big thing that flipped the switch in my world from being a victim to not being a victim to we could even say victorious was my perspective on men and feeling. So I went from feeling literally like, and I, and I go into depth on this story in the video and I won't do that here, but basically I had a, a lens for, for a long time, let's say at least a couple of years, maybe three years that, that really saw men as guilty before proven innocent. It's like, it's almost as if I could see the monster in disguise. And because I saw it, guess what? I evoked it. <laughs> I, I brought out the monster in some very nice men, I'm sure, that didn't even plan on being horrible or saying inappropriate things. It's like I kind of, because I was expecting it, I created so much of that. And I had an experience that completely took my breath away where I got to see that these men were aspects of me, were me, that we were one in this. And in that, I got to see the good intention in these men. And it caused me to go even further and to even deliberately look for the hero in the men that were in my life. And lo and behold, I began to find it in the most unlikely places, in the most unlikely men. It's like the hero, the chivalry was coming out of the woodwork and it hasn't stopped. My life is filled with chivalrous, heroic, beautiful men. Every time I turn around, I mean, literally, I can't, I can't even try to bump into a non-heroic man these days. I mean, knock on wood, of course, but it's like, I just, it's like, I keep bringing out more and more of the hero because it's there. The gold is there and it's based on, uh, based on my point of view. So anyway, that's my experience. I feel like it's a provocative point of view, but I can say it because it is my experience. I'm not saying that this is how it is for everybody. I'm not saying that there aren't some real jerks out there that have true mental problems that, and there aren't serious. No, there are predators out there. There are. Yes, absolutely. The the most inspiring thing you said in in our, uh, our episode was the fact that, um, I apologize. That's the the fact that, um, you, I think you quoted Justin Sterling and you said that women have the power to bring out the valiance or the violence in men, depending on their residence and how they approach them. And, and then yes. you gave that example, the incredible example of being broken down in a bad neighborhood in Hollywood. And, and it, was, it was such a, a, an example of true mastery in the moment and true surrender and, and really anchoring into your feminine wisdom and power. And it's exactly what you're talking about. And that, 
again, I, I don't, I don't want to embarrass you in front of your listeners, but no, you know, that's, I, I would care. love all women to know they have that power if they choose to develop it because it makes life an unfolding adventure. But if I can, I wanted to say one more thing about Please. this topic that is puzzling to men and also uh, a, it should be a, a cautionary tale to men. And it was this whole thing about Matt Lauer, who um, mm-hmm. was the, the, the what's what he called it, correspondent or talk show yeah. or host or whatever he was. And a woman named Brooke Nevels came forward a while back, a couple of years ago, and said, you know, I felt that I was taken advantage of by Matt Lauer. And, and of course, he lost his job, and he was held up to public scrutiny. And that's totally appropriate, because I don't know Matt Lauer. I mean, but it was known within the industry that he was a philander. He had numerous affairs, even though he was married. And, and this was his comeuppance, because powerful men throughout history have had large appetites. Mm-hmm. and women are one of those. And it could be drinking or drugs or food or whatever. They have right. large appetites, and they want what they want because they can get it. And so Matt Lauer had a national, you know, humbling, Present. a mm. national, you know, epiphany, and, 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 he, and, he, and he deserved it. Now, that's all fine. I have no issue with any of that. What came up today in today's press is uh, Ronan Farrow, who is Woody Allen's son and Mia Farrow's mm-hmm. son. Oh. He has a book called Catch and Kill, and he interviewed Brooke ne- ne- Neville's for it. And in the book, she says that the first time that she and Matt had sex, he raped her. And it was Oof. at the Olympics, and um, they had a bunch to drink, and they came back to the hotel. Now, what's interesting is that after the, uh, her alleged rape, she was with him for months and months afterwards. They were, they were lovers many, many, many times after that. And so this is what puzzles men, because... Again, it's a different thing, but I imagine if a woman was raped, why would she seek out that experience again and again and again and again and again and again? And so the, the, the warning for men in power is, mm. gentlemen, if you don't manage your passions, you're going to bring yourself to a, a very embarrassing and bad end and an abrupt end, you know, your career and your money and your influence. And for women, women it's like, like we, we need help understanding how you can claim rape when you were this man's lover oh. for months and months afterwards. Oh my lord. Okay, I I've, I've got two responses I want to make sure to remember. Um but one of them I a dear friend of mine, um Aspen Mattis, who I've interviewed on this show in her book A Girl in the Woods and it's a powerful tale of her getting raped on her second day of of college as a very innocent girl and then in and because she she was found he was found innocent, and because of that, she dropped out of college. And she was a really good girl, A plus student. Dropped out of college and started walking, kind of like Forrest Gump, kind of a thing. But from on the Pacific Crest Trail all the way from Mexico to Canada on foot. And anyway, um, part of her, what she what she reveals in her book, and this was she got a lot of feedback from this is that after the rape happened and the rape did happen, she didn't ask. She said, no, she told, she asked him to leave. Um, he, he ripped her pants, literally the button and the zipper were broken on her shorts that she was wearing. So that doesn't happen if it's not by force. Um, but after the rape happened, as he was on his way out the door, she asked him to stay. And he looked at her and he called her some bad words and he's like basically crazy, blah, blah, blah. And he left. But because she asked him to stay, that was basically what got him. Um, 
looked at as innocent because they because of exactly what you said. Why would a woman who was raped ask him to stay? And it's a phenomenon. It turns out it's an I. It happened to me. I ended up having the first time I had sex with a with a former boyfriend. It was not consensual, and I stayed with him for months. And and I had never admitted this until I read this in Aspen's book, and we've had long conversations about this. It's a it's like it's a psychology psychological phenomenon that when a woman is raped, it's such a traumatic thing that it so rattles the very fiber of her reality that she wants to make it not so. She mm. wants to normalize it. She wants to do and say something that will make it be okay, even if it means staying in a relationship with somebody who just raped you. And this happens in, I mean, there's, there's even stories that people that came out and then told Aspen that they even married the person that raped them mm. because it's, it's almost worse that they were raped and the person left than, than, than it just, I mean, it's just easier psychologically. It's, it's so, it's such a wrecking ball to the psyche. So I hope that shines a little bit of light on no, that. It even though it really does. It's almost like you can't even bear just what happened. So you try to exactly. transform it and say, it truly wasn't rape because I've now seen him a number of times since then. It was clearly yeah. I was attracted. I totally exactly. get that. And I have exactly. deep compassion. And I, I had deep, never, deep compassion for that. and I had never told anybody and I wouldn't, and I had, wouldn't have even thought of it if she hadn't written about it. So, so vulnerably and so authentically, I thought, oh my God, it helped me to, come to terms with a skeleton I had hid in my closet that I had totally forgotten about and never told a soul about. It was too hard. So, so we do weird things. We humans do. I mean, we're amazing survivors. We land on our feet and, and we do some pretty thing, peculiar things to land on our feet and to keep going. And so it might look like um, it might absolve that person, but it shouldn't. It really shouldn't. So Kelly, so, let me just speak to that because that's so powerful. And I, I, I have a different coping mechanism. Now, I'm not a woman and I've never been raped. That being said, whatever befalls me, I look to it as this happened for me and not to me. I've called yes. it in from some, from some region in the inner world. This, yes. is, this, is, this is an opportunity to grow. So no matter, I've had some horrific things befall me, you know, financial ruin yes. and, and people that have sabotaged me and, and lied and betrayed and stolen. And I look, okay, what's the, so there's always two questions in my teaching we ask. We ask one what can I learn? Two, yeah. how can I serve? Yeah. What can I learn? How can I serve? And so that's what I focus on. And I have transmuted rather successfully most of the true, tremendously bad things that have happened to me. Now, I have never been physically assaulted or raped, so I can imagine that's so personal. It would be so challenging to get over. And yet I realize that, you know, by saying that everything that happens is for our rounding and deepening can sound insensitive for people who have had to experience traumatic things like that. I don't mean to be insensitive. I'm simply saying this. We have the choice every moment to be empowered or be victimized. And I always choose empowerment. I, I will not live in the victimization mode. I will not. I think there's a, I love what you just said. And I, I totally agree. I believe that that is true. Everything is happening for us, not just to us. But I love the line in A Course in Miracles that says, look at the crucifixion, but dwell not on it. So I think there's a moment in time where we need to look at what happened and, and it's okay to feel like a victim for a moment in time or for a period of time. Let's just, it's like, like it's Halloween. We're acknowledging the dead. We're acknowledging the people that have passed. We're acknowledging the darkness. We look at it, we celebrate it, we honor it. And then we move on. Then we pick up and then there's going to be springtime and then there's life keeps going. We don't stay stuck here. 
but I mean, I just saw the I just saw the play on Broadway, Hades Town, and um, and I know from my love of the Hades part of the Greek myth, some people go to Hades and they fall and they get stuck there for a long, long time. And um, Persephone, the goddess of the underworld, is it's her job to help to bring people out. And I feel like that's kind of the job of you, Matthew, and your provocative conversation is that you're you're taking people. And you're shaking them up so that they can find their way out of Hades if they've been there too long. And for those who have avoided it, it's time to take a little dip down the dark side so that you get a sense of what's going on and how the other side feels and so that we can heal, so that, we are, so that we're not demonizing anybody and that we do ultimately come to that place that you just talked about. It's happening to us on behalf of our greatest good. It's, not, it's happening on behalf of our greatest good. It's not happening to us. So we have one minute, Matthew. Is there anything else you'd like to say in closing just to wrap this up besides telling everybody to go check out Matthew Mitchell on YouTube at Provocative Conversations? Put that in the search bar and watch watch this crazy, well, simply, awesome I'll, I'll, series. What else, I'll Matthew? I'll close here with how I closed on, on, on the segment, which is this. Everything in life is a reflection of us, including men and women. So as I said before, there's a feminine that lives within me. There's a masculine that lives within yes. you. And to the degree we can embrace that and come to peace with it, we will find that reflection becomes more harmonious outside ourselves. We'll have better relationships with men and women and work more effectively and trust each other more powerfully. Oh, my God. That was so beautiful. Thank you, Matthew Mitchell, for being such a beautiful brother and a healer and um, an instigator of growth and a provocateur of enlightenment. And I so appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And again, everybody, check out MatthewMitchell.com and go to YouTube and put in provocative conversations in the search bar. And may you come out of any victimhood you've been in. And may you have some compassion for anybody on the other side of that victimhood. And may we all transcend and wake up from this nightmare and make it the sweetest dream possible. So until we all meet again next week, don't take your dreams lying down and may they all be very, very sweet, sweet dreams. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.